you miss Canton and Carlin? isn't Broncos general manager George Payton saying that it's important that whoever this team hires has a relationship with Russell Wilson but that's kind of hard to do considering the play of this quarterback or at least expected will be the head coaching candidacy and who they're able to attract to that job opening this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio and the ESPN app Courtney Cronin Matt Jones sitting in for the guys on this Tuesday presented by Progressive Insurance let's tap in with Albert Breer senior NFL reporter for the MMQB to talk a little bit more about what's going on in Denver and I go back to what George Payton said today during the press conference that was both him and Greg Penner from the Walton Penner ownership group about how this isn't about trying to hire somebody to fix Russell Wilson. But is it not true that he does need some sort of fixing, Albert, considering how poorly this experiment has gone in year one? Yeah, I think above anything else, getting somebody who can stand up to Russell Wilson. You know, I you, know, you sort of look at everything that he's been afforded there in Denver, and so much of it goes back to like what he thought he should get in Seattle. Whether it's the scheme, it's you know the office, it's the personal staff that he has there, like all these things, I think made it really complicated for a first-time head coach to try and tell him the truth about how he was playing and try to make adjustments that maybe he wouldn't be comfortable with. And so, I just think a huge part of this is bringing in somebody who can stand up to Russell Wilson and tell him the truth about where he's at and build a scheme that isn't necessarily how he envisions himself, but what's best for everybody. Um, And so I I think that's why you're hearing like that. They may want somebody with head coaching experience, whether that's a Jim Harbaugh or Dan Quinn, somebody who would have the leverage inside the building to get this guy turned around and tell him the truth about where he stands, you know? And so um, yeah, to me, that's the number one thing. You know, you have to have a relationship with someone to stand up to them and to tell them the truth. But I think at the end, it's not just the relationship. It's, you know, if you're going to fix the guy, then, you know, you have to be able to get through to him. And if you're going to get through to him, you have to tell him some hard truths. And after what we've seen through 15 games this year, there are a lot of hard truths that need to be told to Russell Wilson. Yeah, Greg Penner earlier today, he's a CEO of the Denver Broncos, said that the new head coach, whomever it is, will have, quote, every resource available to them. So you'd like to think that those resources would include the decision-making power over what this offense looks like. And it's not too long ago that Russell Wilson was in this class of, quote, unquote, scheme transcendent quarterbacks. I'm wondering from your perspective, how did this thing go so south so quickly to where we know in 15 games in 2022 that he does need to be fixed and the offense might need to be tailored around him at a different level than it has been at other parts of his career? I guess anybody who's <laughs> who's come out of a complicated relationship could probably relate with it because things were complicated in Seattle. And I think like whoever was next was going to sort of bear the brunt of some of this. But, um, you know, I, I think that that's really sort of where it starts. You know, I, I think Russell viewed himself as somebody who could be a Tom Brady or be a Peyton Manning, a guy who could win from the pocket, a guy who had control over the offense from the line. Um, and, you know, part of his frustration in Seattle was they didn't play him that way. It's the whole let's, let Russ cook thing. 
I think there are a lot of people in Seattle right now that feel vindicated, you know, that felt like they were doing not only what was best for the Seahawks, but what was going to get the most out of Russell Wilson. And so I think that that's a big piece of it was like, he was at least going to try wherever his next stop was. He was at least going to try to do it his way, the way that he wanted to do it. And, you know, I, I think we've seen what that looks like now. So that was a part of it. And the other piece of it is the superstar treatment thing, you know, and it's, um, you know, w- one reason why I think a lot of people, a lot of people in the Seattle locker room over the years have chased at some of the things that Russell Wilson did because, I mean, you know, forever, like, he embraced the idea of special treatment, even if he wasn't getting as much of it as he thought he deserved. Well, now going to Denver, coming in on the terms he came in on, entering that organization not as a third-round pick, but as a guy who had been in the league for 10 years and won a Super Bowl, he got a lot of special treatment. And so, you know, I think all of that played into why his relationships in the locker room weren't where they needed to be. As a leader, he wasn't where he needed to be. And ultimately why, you know, a coaching staff that I think had a lot of good people on it wasn't able to, I don't even want to say wasn't able to, didn't have the leverage to push back on him the way that a Pete Carroll would. And so I think that's, how things went south as fast as they did. I don't think it's that Russell can't play anymore um, at all. Like, I think it's, I think, I I think a big part of it is that he had this image of what he would look like playing a certain way. And that was probably wrong all along. And maybe it took him falling on his face to figure that out. And you hope now that not only everybody else in the organization, but Russell Wilson himself would confront all of that. But is it is that stuff fixable? I mean, like, okay, so we've seen with Zach Wilson in with the Jets that he lost that locker room and it doesn't look like it's coming back. Now, I know Russell Wilson has accomplished more stuff than Zach Wilson, but not in Denver. And it's one thing to have yeah. diva-esque qualities like, say, Aaron Rodgers has a little bit when you're Aaron Rodgers and winning, but when you've stunk all year, can you still be a diva and, and win all those people back? Well, I mean, do you think that can happen? Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? It's not just performance. It, 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 performance is a huge part of it. It's not just performance. Um, you know, like the quarterback's always going to make more money. The quarterback's always going to get special treatment in some ways. And the more of it you get, the better a player you have to be to, 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 to show your teammates that you've earned all of it, right? And if you're going to accept it, there's a price that comes with that. But I also think it's just your, your locker room liking you and how important that is, you know? And you hear stories out of Seattle of, like, I mean, his ex-teammates, they're guys he won Super, a Super Bowl with, have to go through, like, a manager to get to yep. him now. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like if you're acting that way, how are you going to build the sort of relation, relationships that you need? And one of the things that Brady and Rodgers are both really good at, and both those guys have gotten special treatment where they're at, is they've got great relationships with their teammates. So as, as weird as Rodgers might be, <laughs> might seem to a lot of people, the locker room in, in Green Bay loves him, you know, and, and as, as, as distant as Tom Brady might seem to people with the celebrity life that he lives and, you know, his marriage to Giselle Bunchen and all of that, everybody who's played with him would tell you around them he comes off as a normal guy. And so I think that's a huge piece of this, you know, is, um, you know, what his relationships are like to his, but like with his teammates, you know, and, um, you know, I, you can come off as distant, you can come off as a superstar, as long as in the locker room you're one of the guys. And Russell Wilson's never really been one of the guys. So I think when he struggles, that makes things that much more difficult on him in trying to reel whatever it is back in and turn things around. 
Courtney Cronin, Matt Jones in for Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, talking with Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter for Sports Illustrated's Monday Morning Quarterback. So with Nathaniel Hackett out, the press conference today was general manager George Payton and CEO of the Denver Broncos, Greg Penner. Now, one thing I found interesting was that Penner said immediately he's going to be the one leading the search for the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. This would be the third head coach for, for George Payton. Now, obviously, Payton still has a job, but is his seat not hot right now considering he's been a part of these past two head coaching searches, and obviously the Denver Broncos were bloviating about it throughout the offseason, flying to 19 different cities, putting out all of their candidates publicly on their website. Like, they're going to have to take a different approach here, but is that telling that he's not the one leading this search because the organization doesn't think he's going to get it done the right way? Yeah, I mean, Courtney, I think it's definitely a um, an important nuance that I think is smart of you to pick up on that like he was in the press release, it did reference George, but it said George is going to assist and that Greg's going to lead. And then, you know, you look at what the organizational structure is going to be. That's the decision they've already made. And that, like, it's going to be the head coach not 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 reporting to the general manager, but reporting to the owner. Um, so that's, uh, you know, a very, a very significant difference if you, if you know how NFL organizations work. And so, um, you know, I, I think that that does put George Payton, you know, on thin ice to some degree. And I think, you know, it's going to sort of, you know, his future there's going to ride on the way this coaching search goes. And one of the things that they pointed out there too, was it's going to be kind of a, a look at their, you know, they're going to take a look at football operations overall. And so it could be that, you know, Greg Penner gets the end of this and figures the best thing is for me to align somebody with George Payton. So I'm going to go get Dan Quinn and that, and then, you know, George is safe. He could go the other direction too. He could say, I want to go get like a Kingmaker head coach, right? Like I want to go get Jim Harbaugh out of Michigan, or I want to go get Sean Payton. And maybe to get one of those guys, you have to bring in a general manager who lines up with him. Um, or, you know, you go off the board and you just hire somebody like a Gerard Mayo or D'Amico Ryans who, you know, you look at it and you say, okay, like we're going to hire our own guy. And then, you know, George is sort of in a holding pattern to see how he works with that guy. So I think so much of this, you know, isn't just like George is in or out. I, I just think George is sort of in limbo right now based on whichever way the head coach search goes. And, you know, what Greg Penner finds when he when, when he goes through that thorough examination of where the football operation is. Awesome stuff, Albert. Thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Happy New Year. You too. That was Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter for Sports Illustrated's Monday Morning Quarterback with some really important details and nuance surrounding the Russell Wilson situation and the fallout of the Nathaniel Hackett firing in Denver. And we're going to get into that a little bit more next here on Canty and Carlin. How does Russell Wilson's current issues that Albert laid out very clearly, something that was with him in Seattle, it followed him to Denver. How is that going to impact his overall legacy in the NFL? That's next, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Carlin, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin, Matt Jones, the new owner of a smart speaker, and he's going to be using that feature That's right. all throughout the rest of today. And you can as well on your smart speaker, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us, my handle at Courtney R. Cronin. Matt's yours is? At KY Sports Radio. And you can also hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I want you to hear from Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter for the Monday Morning Quarterback. We had him on moments ago on Canty and Carlin about what the Denver Broncos need to look for when they're trying to find the next head coach to take over this franchise. I think above anything else, getting somebody who can stand up to Russell Wilson. You know, I... Yeah, you sort of look at everything that he's been afforded there in Denver, and so much of it goes back to like what he thought he should get in Seattle. Whether it's the scheme, it's you know the office, it's the personal staff that he has there, like all these things, I think made it really complicated for a first-time head coach to try and tell him the truth about how he was playing and try to make adjustments that maybe he wouldn't be comfortable with, and so. I just think a huge part of this is bringing in somebody who can stand up to Russell Wilson and tell him the truth about where he's at and build a scheme that isn't necessarily how he envisions himself but what's best for everybody. That was Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter for Sports Illustrated's Monday Morning Quarterback. You know, Russell Wilson's 34 years old, and I remember a time not that long ago during his Seattle Seahawks tenure, Matt, where he was considered one of the few scheme-transcendent quarterbacks across the NFL, a list that also had Aaron Rodgers, that had Tom Brady in there, but it was a very elite and narrow list that, honestly, all three quarterbacks at this point of their career are not a part of anymore, and For somebody to go into Denver and quote-unquote stand up to someone like Russell Wilson, 
that is a massive undertaking because you have to think about everything that we know, everything former players and current players have talked about when it comes to Russell Wilson, that it's more than just football with him. He's a celebrity in his own right. He's married to an incredibly high-powered entertainer in Sierra, and there have been so many reports about him almost being this untouchable figure in the locker room. So how is any head coach, is why this, this opening is not as attractive as some may think, despite of there being a new ownership group that says you're going to get every resource given to you possible to make this thing work, because you're going to be dealing with someone who is notoriously difficult to deal with. Yeah, I don't. First of all, I don't understand who the people are at this point who really like Russell Wilson. Like, who are those people? First of all, he's a massive. I mean, if we're going to be honest, he's a massive dork, and that's okay. I'm a dork. That's fine. But I think it's hard to be a dork in the NFL who thinks he's cool and who people are not seeing play well. We, I remember seeing. I guess it was after Denver played on Thursday night when Richard Sherman. You saw it, Courtney, in that yep. post-game show. He was he was so angry, and it was like all this stuff he had wanted to say for years just came out about Russell Wilson. And it's funny, it hasn't been talked about a lot since then, but it was a pretty eye-opening thing when he talked about him. And then you're hearing the same stuff from the Denver locker room. So I agree with you and Albert Greer that someone needs to come in and do all this, but I'm not really sure who Russell Wilson's advocates are. Seattle fans are not really on his side. I can't imagine Denver fans are on his side. Former teammates aren't on his side. You hear the stories about how they can't even get in touch with him. So to me, if he is not open to receiving at this point with losing his fans, losing his teammates, losing the support of coaches, if he's not open to change now, one thing he's just not going to be open, and it's a lost cause. So I actually, while I totally understand what Albert says about the stature of a person, I'm not sure somebody of that stature is going to come in. So ultimately, this is a Russell Wilson decision. This is a Mr. Unlimited or whatever his stupid nickname was decision. He has to decide if he wants to change as a person or not. And if he doesn't, that's fine. But an NFL locker room may not be the place for him anymore. Yeah, and what you were referring to is what was said between Marshawn Lynch and Richard Sherman, who were former Seattle Seahawks teammates of Russell Wilson's, on Richard Sherman's podcast that came after. No, no, I mean on the Thursday night game. Well, that's when when Richard Sherman went off on Russell Wilson. But before then, and this was kind of like, I think it was either before or after, it was the same point about not being able to get in touch with him. Neither teammate teammates that went to a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson had his number and that's the whole that's thing crazy. that's you know it's wild to think about having to go through a third party person to get in touch with your quarterback but it's always stuff like this that happens when the gloves come off when there's firings and people's jobs and livelihoods are on the line that's when the real real comes out and when people aren't afraid to talk anymore there were a lot of people who put their careers on the line in Denver to pull off this trade and some are going to say well that's because they missed out on Aaron Rodgers because Green Bay gave him the three-year extension where he's getting paid 50 million dollars a year to stay there and then that's who Nathaniel Hackett had sold the Denver Broncos on the fact that if he goes there Rodgers is coming with him and this was their contingency plan there's a lot of truth to that but there's also the truth that 
Russell Wilson at this part of his career is no longer the quarterback that he was when he was letting like the whole let Russ cook thing in Seattle. That doesn't exist. It's null and void at this point. You've got to find someone. And I don't know if that person is anybody that they interviewed last year. We Albert Breer brought up the name D'Amico Ryans. He brought up Jared Mayo, both on the defensive side. Maybe a switch in mindset, having a defensive head coach in there as the kind of the CEO of the entire organization, then hiring somebody as the offensive coordinator who can really – scheme everything to make get the best out of Russell Wilson at this point of his career but it's not going to be easy to find somebody knowing what this ownership group thinks of the entire situation and knowing the quarterback honestly and frankly you're stuck with for the next two years because it is impossible to get out of his contract before 2024 unless you want to just cut him and you know carry 107 million dollars in dead cap that's never happened before and never will all right ESPN radio is presented by progressive insurance progressive makes bundling easy and affordable get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Ohio State has a chance to win another national championship, and we'll talk with someone who's won it all in Columbus. Coming up next, but first, Matt has this from FanDuel. Hey, NFL wildcard weekend is almost here. And let me tell you the easiest way to get in the playoffs. Oh, yes, FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers like you listening right now. You can get started and get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. That's a lot. And when you place your first $5 bet, that'll happen as long as you sign up with the promo code PLAY. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props to just who wins. Don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet and you get $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose with the promo code PLAY. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Saturday is going to be a good one. The Verbo Fiesta Bowl, 
number three TCU and number two Michigan kicking things off in the CFP semifinals, 4 p.m. Eastern time, followed by the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, an 8 p.m. Eastern kickoff between number four Ohio State and the reigning national champion, number one Georgia. You're listening to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin kicking it with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Pleased to be welcomed but with Maurice Claret, former Ohio State running back, BCS national champion, joining us here on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Maurice, thanks so much for the time. As we get ready for this game between Georgia and Ohio State, I wanted to go back on your national championship experience. You played against Miami in 2003. It was during the 2002 season. What was the week like in the preparation for that national championship game? I was uh, very intense. Uh, I think the the biggest thing was that the coaches, you could see uh, a level of intensity and focus from coaches. Uh, and I think like the collective feeling was that, you know, this is the last game and everybody's watching in college and uh, it feels big and it feels that it feels like everybody else has stopped playing, meaning all your peers and other teams. And, you know, uh, everything is uh, super intense at practice in regards to running and executing what, they have drawn up and so it was uh it was a very intense weekend uh all of the festivities around the fiesta bowl did a great job of um creating activities for us young guys and you know i had a good time absolutely and you walked away a national champion it's something that the ohio state buckeyes are trying to do this year let's go back to the last time that we saw ohio state play and that was against michigan back on November 26th. They were nine-point favorites in that last game, and we know what happened in the fourth quarter. What do you think this team needs to do in order to not have that late-game letdown happen again? I just, uh, I've been saying it the whole season, just play with intensity. Um, you know, it's, it's, I guess, I guess it's, a, it's a problem that builds up where, you know, sometimes like being too good uh, versus the competition you play can be a bad thing because you never really get into a dog fight and kind of see who you are or have to have a sustained focus over, uh, over, over a series of uh, quarters, you know, and I think with Michigan last year, Michigan gained their confidence because uh, the, the, the year up in Ann Arbor, and then they came down here still with something to prove, still to say, Hey man, we didn't, we didn't beat you one time by happenstance. We want to beat you again. And I think that, you know, some of these younger guys who've come to our state, uh, since we've been winning, they kind of take that for granted. And you don't really uh, compete with a level of intensity or, or a level of tenacity. And uh, I hope this isn't a bad choice of words, but it's like killing your food. Like if you if you notice you can beat somebody, beat them, let them notice you can beat them and, and, and stomp on them and, and make sure that they don't even believe that they can play. And I've not seen that out of us this year uh, versus a like a top-tier team. And so uh, Georgia, you know, Georgia and SEC, they play a different style of football. They're constantly playing people where you have to go deep into your uh, bench and you have to play all four quarters and you have to get into this, like, heavyweight fight. And so they're going to be ready. Uh, and so for, in order for, you know, the Buckeyes to win, you also need, um, you know, our coaches. You know, uh, as much as you can say things about players on the field, uh, players can only do but so much. Players are supposed to make plays. Coaches are supposed to put players in a position to make plays. And so we have to have uh, our coaches being on their best behavior, calling the appropriate coverages, calling the appropriate offenses. Uh, you know, if things happen to go, you know, sideways, having the appropriate adjustments, you know, keeping guys' heads in the game. So there's, there's a lot of factors in this football, and so anybody can win 
Uh, but, you know, but, but, but the core of it all is intensity. You know, you, you just need a level of sustained intensity and sustained execution because you have the talent. You, you have your four or five-star players. Uh, but intensity and focus is what separates people inside of big moments. And I'm talking about players and coaches. You know, Jim Trussell, you know, he did his thing and he had his signature wins. Urban Meyer came here and had his signature wins. And now it's for Ryan Day with all this adversity going against him. Uh, it's time for him to, you know, make make the statement win versus Kirby Smart, get another crack at Michigan, go on to win the national championship, and then you submit to legacy. Maurice Claret, former Ohio State running back and BCS national champion, joining Courtney Cronin here on Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. And you're right, that fourth quarter, and we think about kind of the defensive breakdowns and Jim Knowles coming under fire, defensive coordinator for the Ohio State Buckeyes. That cannot happen again in this semifinal game. And you're playing a Georgia team that – really didn't miss a beat at all this season. They lose 15 players to the NFL draft. They reload, and then in the SEC championship, they put up a 50-burger on LSU. So we know that that's going to be a tough test. But if Ohio State is able to get through Georgia, there's a shot for the, that they'd be playing Michigan, uh, Michigan again in the national championship. How much do you think Ohio State fans and alumni want that shot again to right their wrongs against a team from up north? Everybody wants it. Like, you know, Ohio State, Georgia, excuse me, TCU and Michigan, these are premier programs. You know, you, you bring in coaches not to beat your, your lower-tier max schools. And no offense to them, but your lower-tier schools. This is why you make millions of dollars. This is why you – this is it right now. You know, they can, they can put me on the sideline and I can win 12 games. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you, 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 put, you play big dollars for stuff like this. And so – you you, you you recruit players and you make facilities nice and you bring in the best to stand on the stage and compete against the best, and, and, and that's what it is. And so everybody around this town, we've, we've manhandled Michigan for the past decade, right? And nobody wants to go back. And, and it's good for them to win sometimes because it keeps the rivalry going, it keeps the energy going. But there will be nothing better than to go out and beat Georgia and do it in a fashion where say, yeah, you know, we're back in – we can justify why we call ourselves the Ohio State. We can justify the the noise that we talk to, that we beat SEC schools, and then get one more crack at this guy on the national stage, uh, hardball against you know uh, Ryan Day, and you go ahead and get it done. And so I'm rooting for Ryan Day, but I purposely make these comments uh, on purpose, hoping that they get to him. I hope they get to him, and I hope it infuriates him, and I hope that he knows that this is a major moment. He can. Uh, make something for his legacy. I hope the players know as well that they can they can make something of themselves because the stakes are high and the moment is important and everybody's watching you. And now it's like, what do you want to do? This is what you train for. This is what you run through sand pits for. This is what you run heels for. This is why you lift weights. This is why you do 6 a.m. This is it. Like, there's nothing better than this. Like, you, you get a chance to have a significant moment where you can display your coaching talent and your physical talents on the field over four quarters, and now everything that you want to become and how you want to be remembered, you have the moment to do it. And I, and I don't know, I don't like in sports, like where in life where everything is so predictable, and uh, sports are like the national reality show. You know what I'm saying? This is this is it. This is what makes sports special. Like you don't know what's going to happen, and you know when you're when you're when you're in the center and to control it, and you have the the power to motivate, encourage, inspire, and execute. And that goes for both sides. You know, this is this is it. You know, and I don't know, I'm pumped up even talking about it, as you can hear. 
Uh, you know, but I'm, I'm excited to watch the game like everybody else. Yeah, we're getting pumped up for it, too. Saturday, a big day, <laughs> Fiesta Bowl, Chick-fil-A, Peach Bowl. That's where you're going to see number one, Georgia, and number four, Ohio State, fighting for a trip to the national championship. He is Maurice Claret, former Ohio State running back, BCS national champion, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. Appreciate the time, Maurice. Thanks so much. All right, thank you for having me. The Beach Bowl, it's going to be mayhem, and this mayhem moment is brought to you by Allstate. Get protected from mayhem this year when you switch and stave with Allstate. Coming up next, what national championship matchup do you want to see? Weigh in, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's next on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Bowl game mania. Wagers on. We've got the First Responders Bowl, the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl on ESPN right now. Memphis and Utah State, a rivalry that you all knew you wanted to see. Memphis up 24-3. to There's an injury timeout right now, end of the third quarter in that game. But the big ones are coming up this weekend. We've got the VRBO Fiesta Bowl on Saturday afternoon, 4 p.m. Eastern time. That is number three TCU, number two Michigan, and the Nightcap, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, number four, Ohio State, number one, Georgia, happening on Saturday night. That is your CFP semifinal matchups. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Matt Jones sitting in for the guys. Now, I'm only listing you the CFP semifinal games. There's plenty more. There's the All-State Sugar Bowl. There's the Capital One Orange Bowl. Those games are happening on Saturday as well. It's Friday. I like, by the way, Courtney, I like that you do the sponsor. I think oh, that's very good. I am good a company of you. woman, Matt. That, I am very here good to make you. sure like, that we know. get our sponsors paid and we get paychecks too. I didn't know that VRBO had not Tostitos out of the Fiesta Bowl. I used to love getting a big bag of Tostitos with my friends and watching the Fiesta Bowl, and now I'm going to have to rent a you know, a, a VRBO house in order to do it. But you always remember that. I'm impressed. You know, I, I may not remember how to pronounce it. It's actually Verbo, not VRBO, which I said. I've always oh, gotten it, that one it wrong. Verbo? Is it is. Right? It's Verbo Fiesta Bowl. And that's, that's, that's Michigan and There's TCU. a company memo somewhere I can find. It's, That's it's fine. Verbo. I mean, wow. I as long as we got the teams right. It's not like I'm saying Alabama and Kent State are playing, Kansas State are playing in that, because that's the All-State Sugar Bowl. Oh, um, that's going to be a great one. They're all going to be good. And Don't forget I, about the Music City Bowl, Kentucky and Iowa. I think that's sponsored by Gaylord Hotels. Okay, so, like, the best championship matchups that we can see. So I'm only giving you these two games that are happening on Saturday, which is the Verbo Fiesta Bowl and the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Out of those four teams that are competing in there, what what do you want the national championship matchup to be? I mean, I think everybody should want it to be Michigan-Ohio State. I mean, it's very rare. We It's very rare to think about when have rivals 
played for a title. I mean, I was just sitting there going through my head. In college basketball, in the last 15 years, Kentucky and Louisville played in the Final Four. North Carolina and Duke played in the Final Four, but never for a title. I don't think that the rivals have ever played for a title. In football, probably the closest is Florida and Florida State played in the Sugar Bowl in like 96, 97, something like that. But Michigan-Ohio State for a title – as someone who is part of a fan base that was part of one of those games, here's what happens when you play a team that's your rival in a, with a scenario like that. It feels like the most important game that ever occurred. I mean, think about if you're a North Carolina fan. You knocked out Mike Krzyzewski in his last game as coach on a Final Four. Like, there's nothing Duke can ever say to you. If you're a Michigan or Ohio State fan and you play in the title game, whoever wins that – Courtney, they have the all-time bragging rights for the rivalry for eternity. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it's the ultimate measure of a team's success, right? Because if you beat your rival, it doesn't feel like much else matters. Now, we for did eternity. talk to – Yeah, for eternity. And, I mean, it writes the wrongs of however many other games yes. you've, you've won uh, against your rival or lost against your rival because we had Maurice Claret on here moments ago, former Ohio State running back and BCS national champion, and he was talking about just – Everybody who's an Ohio State alumni, whether you're a former player or whether you are a fan of the team, they want that rematch because they know that they had their own, the letdown that they had in the fourth quarter, really throughout the second half of that Ohio State-Michigan game back in November, a lot of that was self-inflicted. And when we heard him talking about the fact that it's not just the players, it's the coaches making the adjustments, to me, that's a big old shot at Jim Knowles needing to make some defensive adjustments that they didn't make the last time around that we saw this team playing. Now, it's, it's important to note, too, they'd have to get through Georgia the number one team in the country, the defending national champions, in order to be playing Michigan, potentially, in the national championship. Michigan has to beat TCU in the process of doing that, too. But I don't think there's any other matchup that would draw more eyeballs and more intrigue than seeing rivals playing on the biggest stage in college football. Coming up next, we'll get into TCU. Since no one wants to talk about the Horned Frogs, do they have any shot to upset Michigan? Their former coach joins us next on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.